0: I'm Phil Lichtenberger. Welcome to Scanner School, session number 21.
1: Welcome to
0: The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. So welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger. My amateur radio call sign is W2LIE. And today we are talking with Jim Peruta. Jim is a 45 year veteran of the Fire Buff Photography uh, Group or club or whatever it is you want to call it. He's in that hobby. And basically what Jim does is he goes out and he takes pictures of fire scenes, fire apparatus. Uh, he's he's in with the fire community, but not as a member or a volunteer, but as, as a volunteer fire photographer. Jim tells his story, the things he's learned over the last 45 years in the following interview. Now, Jim is a member of the Connecticut Fire Photographers Association, and he also runs his own website at res23cue.net, which is really Rescue 23. Uh, We'll have a bunch of links to the stuff that we're talking about in this interview at scannerschool.com slash session. Twenty one. There's a lot of links and a lot of other groups and memberships that Jim and I talk about. So uh, instead of piling them all in the middle of the interview, we're just going to have them as session notes uh, that belong with this podcast. So another thing that we need to keep in the back of our minds though when we listen to this interview is that this interview was done just one month after I started the Scanner School podcast. I started this January 2nd, 2018 and this Interview was recorded February third, twenty eighteen. So you can kind of hear that, you know, um, it's a little bit embarrassing, right? I'm I'm really not one hundred percent behind the microphone. Not how I sound now, and I'm sure twenty episodes. From now, I'll sound even that much better. But uh, just going back and listening to the way I sound, let me just apologize to how stiff and and how different it sounds. And and uh, you know, sitting here listening to this to this podcast now uh, or that interview three months later, I'm kind of um, you know, I'm I'm kind of uh, cringing in my chair over here behind the microphone. But uh, but again, I want to uh, again thank Jim for being my very first interview guest on the Scanner School podcast even though he wasn't the first interviewed to have been uh, played on, on, on the podcast we definitely had a couple more people on ahead of him uh, I wanted to table his interview because I wanted to play it when it made sense and now last week we had talked about fire pagers and fire tone outs and and that kind of stuff so I felt like this was a really good opportunity to follow that up with Jim's, um, Jim's interview now again Jim talks about All the ways that he uh, he's gotten involved with the fire service from from the photography standpoint, the equipment that he uses, and he is full of advice for anybody who's looking to do this. Now, again, this is something I brought on here because I think that it's another element that goes along with the scanning. Right? We all kind of like enjoy listening to the scanners. Uh, Maybe listening to fire and police isn't your thing. Maybe you enjoy listening to air traffic or marine or whatever else. But going out leaving the desk or leaving the radio or you know getting out there brings another element to scanning so you might be able to sit back well behind the fire line listen to the action and see it played out as a spectator uh brings another element to to the hobby of scanning though jim takes it one step further with the photography which is always cool too but just gotta remember you stay out of the way stay safe don't get in anybody's way don't cause any trouble Again, you are there, um, you know, as a spectator, and, and that's really what uh, the goal here is. The goal here isn't to promote the fire photography service as a way to kind of get in the way or get yourself or anybody else into trouble. It's just a, um, you know, it's something that we discuss as to how to um, how to be there and, and really bring something into the fire community by being a fire photographer. So again, if you have any... Um, you know, any Any links that are here, I, I really strongly suggest going to scannerschool.com slash session21. Again, there'll be links to Jim's site, which is res23cue.net, and uh, also the Connecticut Fire Fo- uh, Photographers Association website as well. So that's it for me for now. Let's go ahead and listen to the interview that I did with uh, Jim Peruta. Okay, we want to welcome Jim Peruta to the Scanner School Podcast. Jim, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today?
1: Oh, it's a great day. It's a little chilly, but the sun's out. That's all that matters.
0: Exactly. I guess uh, Jim is uh, East Coast, U.S. like I am. He's from Connecticut, so just on the other side of the Long Island Sound for me. So, Jim, uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Well, Phil, I started out listening to Scanners when I was probably about probably 10 years old. Um a long time ago my brother was a, a, a policeman in town. And boy, we had this little box that would go behind the AM radio and you would be able to receive the police calls through the radio. Then we moved on and, and you know, I moved up and we had crystal controlled scanners, then we went into the digital scanners. And you know, now we have the more complex P twenty five systems. It's real interesting. And in that time I uh, became a fire buff running out the fires and watching the firemen. I had a, a different older brother that was a volunteer fireman here in town and I got the bug. I went around taking pictures of fire scenes and hanging around firehouses and I have traveled all over the country meeting and greeting people and taking pictures. It's It's been a great run and uh, I looked to do it for a lot longer.
0: Okay, very good. So, uh, you said you, you listen to a couple of scanners now, and, and uh, what type of scanners do you have in your um, uh, in your setup right now? What do you typically listen to either in uh, at home or while you're actually out there uh, shooting your, your, your photos?
1: Okay. Um, I have a Uniden BCD325P2 pocket scanner, and then I have on my desk here uh, a BCT15X. Sorry, I have to look at them. And what else I use, um, I use a desktop program called RadioLog. It's since been discontinued, but what it does is it takes all the radio reference feeds and puts them into a program of tiles that you could turn on and off and move around. It's really a great system. Uh, um, You have to have a serial number and all that for it, so I'm kind of sad that when it Finally, have to trade this computer in. I'm not going to be able to listen to it anymore. And then the last thing I do is I have uh, Zello. It's a push-to-talk walkie-talkie app on my phone. And members of my Connecticut Fire Photographers Association have a few channels on there. And we all monitor the radio. And when a fire comes in, we, we get on that Zello app and we talk. We trade photographs. Uh, we give details. If uh, somebody is responding to the scene, they give reports. It, it It's truly a great, great asset and tool. Uh, there's many other groups around the country that are using it too, buff groups. Uh, I was listening this morning. Uh, there was two separate fires. There was a uh, fire in Newark in three buildings, and I was able to listen to the updates and see pictures live from the scene. And then also in Roselle, new jersey they had an apartment building burning and uh, listening to the updates on that and getting pictures it's, it's it's just the the greatest thing since sliced bread you know starting out over 40 years ago listening to a scanner and and uh, being able to hear local stuff and now we can hear stuff all around the country and that's what i use uh, i also have a, a two-way radio that i'm a member of uh, some local fire clubs use the uh, uhf band on a business channel and we have, um, conversations on that as well as the Zello.
0: So you have multiple things going at the same time. So basically you're, you're saying you listen to a couple of scanners at one time or you listen to just the the Zello or, or do you, do you trade off or, or how do you, how do you keep tabs of what's going on everything at once? Uh, sometimes,
1: you know, my wife doesn't necessarily like that all the time. I have a pocket scanner that I uh, carry around pretty religiously. Then it's the Zello app uh, if I'm not near the scanner and or using the scanner. And then the last thing is the, uh, the two-way radio. But um, what's very helpful, though, is radio reference when you're, you're listening to the distance stations that you can't get on the scanner, you know, such as major cities as Jersey City or Boston or New York City. So I'm, I'm always in touch, one way or another. On the nightstand, I have a uh, an old iPod and one of those home amplifier things, and I keep the Hartford Fire Department on that 24 hours a day because I'm one of the volunteer fire department or <laughs> volunteer photographers for the city of Hartford. So I, if there's a call, that's worth going to. I I able to hear that and get right up and go.
0: All right. Excellent. So it sounds like you have you have enough going on in the background <laughs> where you're at. Um, so basically, I guess what you do is you hear a call come over the radio one way or another, either through Zello or through um, through your own local handheld or portable you have sitting around with you. And then how do you decide if it's something that you're going to grab the camera gear and, and head out? Is there something you listen for specifically on the radio or do you... Run for every call or how, how do you uh, normally pick and choose what you're going to go out and uh, and buff out? No, it's pretty much you have to pick and choose because if um, a lot of times calls
1: sound interesting when the dispatch is initially made, but they end up being nothing. So pretty much, you know, I'll, I'll wait to the first arriving uh, apparatus or officer gets to the scene. But sometimes you can get tipped off by a good dispatcher especially, you know, when I listen to the city of Hartford, I can tell what section of the city is, what, what time of day is, you know, if they get smoke in the building around dinner time or breakfast time, you know, it could always be just the food on the stove situation. But sometimes you could hear the, the dispatcher's voice and, you know, and if they're really good, they'll tell you they're getting get multiple, multiple calls. I get right up for that and start going. Sometimes it turns out to be nothing. But, you know, if you don't go initially, these guys are really good. They put the fire out before you get there.
0: Right, right. Now, do you have certain time limits that you normally go out for, or are you like one of those, you're always ready, you always got the bag next to you, and it doesn't matter if it's 3 a.m. or 3 in the afternoon?
1: Yeah, I, I've been doing this for 45 plus years. I go anytime, any day, you know, anytime, day or night, weekend or whatever, unless I have a commitment to go to, you know, work or family obligations. But, you know, I'll go pretty much at a drop of a hat.
0: Very interesting. That, that sounds... Uh... Sounds like an interesting line of work. Now, you do this professionally, or is this a, a hobby-turned kind of uh, side gig for you?
1: It's a hobby-turned obses- obsession.
0: <laughs> that's that's a good way of putting it. Now, So now, if somebody is looking to get into this as a – maybe starting as a hobby, then maybe turn this into a little bit of a side income for them, um, what would you recommend that they start off with as far as equipment uh, goes?
1: Well, first of all, if you're if you're going to try and do it as a income, it's not going to work. Uh, there's just not enough fires or those types of things to sell your wares, so to speak. Uh, what you would do it for more is for our, as a hobby and for name recognition. Uh, what you need to do is first, you know, get out and meet the firemen. Okay, maybe stop by the firehouse, say hello. Uh, always show up with a coffee cake or Donuts or something. They love that. And just get a feel. Uh, Another way to do it is if if you belong to a, uh, or you're in a small town that has a volunteer fire department, find out when their their drill night is. Stop by and offer to take a picture of some of the guys. You know, their fire trucks. You know, firemen are, you know, a bunch of hams. They love to have their picture taken. As far as going to uh, fire scenes, you have to be very careful. Um, The police department is... Pretty much charged with scene safety now, and they try and keep the the general uh, bystanders back. So obey the police. You know, sometimes you can uh, walk around on the sidewalk and they won't bother you. But if the cops tell you to move back, don't give them any discussion. Listen to what they have to say, and then later on, talk to the fire chief. Sometimes they'll they'll give you a wink and a nod and tell you to come over um, the fire line or. In my situation, a number of departments, I have a fire line pass. I just show it to the cop, and I can move on through. But that's through a lot of trust and a long time relationship. So, uh,
0: so you're talking several years, if not longer than that, basically, to get that trust from somebody who's not a volunteer who wants to be in there and uh, and take photos. It,
1: exactly, because the, the the police they don't always check with the, the you know the fire chief and say hey, is it okay for this guy to go down there? No, they. They don't want to hear it. They're just move on back. You know, they don't want you getting hurt and they don't want to have to write a report out why you got hurt. So, you know, it's something that you have to slowly ease your way into. You know, if you go out and you take pictures, you know, stop by the firehouse and offer them some pictures. Okay. Or find out who to email them to and email them to them or email them a link and tell them, you know, let me know which pictures you want. And I'll let you have them. It's, it's, it's when it's a hobby, It's all about sharing with everybody.
0: Right. That's, that's good advice. So basically what, what you're saying is get in there, introduce yourself, spend time, you know, buttering them, buttering them up, uh, basically with, uh, with the, with the coffee and the donuts and the coffee cake and that kind of stuff and and build a relationship and build the trust with the departments that you want to, um, uh, to capture in action. And then this way they'll know you and you'll know them and, and it'll be a little bit more of a bond than just an outsider who wants to be in there and, and take some photos and, and, and move on. So.
1: Exactly. And follow through. If you say you're going to do something, do it. And just don't be a Johnny come lately, you know, get the pictures and leave. Uh, Also, when you're, when you're taking the pictures, be very careful. Um, Try and show the, the firefighters in a good light. If they're doing something that's wrong, don't publish the picture. You know, if they don't have their gloves or helmet on, or I, I, yeah, you know, eye protection or something like that. Look them over real good. Take your eye and go all around the photograph. And if somebody's doing something wrong, don't publish it. Keep it for yourself. But you know, be careful. To, you know, only give them what's
0: proper. Right. And sometimes I would assume too that maybe the fire departments may not want those out publicly, but maybe they may want them internally as a learning tool. Uh, exactly what you said. You know, maybe they put it in a book and say, you know, find out what's wrong with this picture, and they could use that. Um, as an example internally as well, I mean,
1: yeah. And, and while I'm on that point, another thing is be very sensitive of victims, you know, start waving a camera around at a car accident or something. When somebody's hurt, some people are going to start getting upset, never take pictures of victims. And, uh, if you ever publish again, I, I very rarely do a car accident, but if I do, I, I obscure the marker plates, you know, you don't want to, you know, give anybody ammunition to drag you into court or be mad at you
0: that's that's some good advice right there so as far as um the pictures themselves which pictures do you always find out become um your most popular or your most uh requested type or maybe the most downloaded uh pictures that you have on your website
1: well what's really crazy is people love shiny red fire trucks you know you know our our organization we have about 80 people we have a website uh, if you want to go to the website, you can go to ctfirephoto.org. Again, that's ct, like Connecticut, ctfirephoto.org. And also, you could follow us on Facebook, Twitter. I think we have Instagram, I'm not sure. But you could check all the social medias out. But we have a guy that keeps track of all the social media. And for some reason, if there's a nice fire truck picture, that's the most liked. Believe it or not,
0: excellent. That's always good to know. So maybe it's not even like get down there and and take pictures of the fire scene, but maybe go down while they're doing a, a wash down on a Sunday or something like that when they're cleaning the trucks, and that's even a, a good way of maybe gaining the trust of the fire department that uh, that you want to build a relationship with as well. I mean, even some in-house stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, go, if if it's a volunteer fire department, go down and offer, you know, say, hey, you're doing some training or something, you need to take some pictures for you. I'd love to do it for you. Great. That's a,
0: that's a great way yeah. to do it. So as far as like you've, you've taken the pictures and, and uh, you're back now from whatever it was the event, uh, what's your next process and a step of getting them off the camera and onto a online platform? What, what are your, uh, your next steps?
1: Okay. Well, what I do is I, I have a whole checklist. It, when I go out to a fire scene and take pictures, I probably spend 45 minutes to an hour um, just maybe even sometimes longer depending upon how many pictures I take just going through the steps of cataloging the pictures um, taking editing them as far as you know darkness and sharpness and stuff like that then I upload them to my website okay which is R-E-S-2-3 C-U-E dot net and then from there I start sharing the pictures on social media I have a Facebook page. You can look for it. You know, most of my stuff is just R E S two, three C U E. So I share it on Facebook, Twitter, and then I, I dole out some pictures onto Instagram. And then from there, I upload it to the, the associations website. Then I send the pictures to the individual department. And then I also publish a lot of photographs in the fire news newspaper you can look that up fire news uh it's, it's originating out there in Long Island I don't know what their website is I think it's firehouse dot or fire dot com so it takes a while a while you know sometimes I'll do it over a number of days but it's an hour two hours sometimes
0: and that's that's per per, per time extent. you go out there so that that's a lot of per work it really is a hobby and you i guess you you touched them up you said too. you use photoshop or or something like that to just color correct them or you just run through them real quick and and basically you do all the you you take in the way they come from the camera or what do you what do you do typically for that well
1: I use Lightroom and that's what I do I crop I lighten darken you know put some noise reduction in it I do a lot of night photography most fires I go to it are at night and I use a tripod with no flash so there's a lot of color correction and exposure correction and, and you'll also see that I love to use a fisheye lens because um, I like being known as the wide guy. I like to take the overall scene at the fire uh, where the f- fire trucks are parked, you know, the operations type of thing. And then you can take some buddy shots at the end and when they're picking up and stuff. But it's pretty varied. And occasionally I'll go out and take a picture of a shiny red fire truck.
0: Yeah, I, I noticed uh, I was through your, uh, your website a couple of days ago and, and those are the pictures that – that immediately grabbed my attention, or whether a wide angle uh, or even the fisheye ones. You had one, I think, of the corner of the fire truck, and oh. uh, that was that was a fisheye shot. But to me, those I, I agree, those, those wide angle uh, shots are really the ones that they they cause they show more than really the eye can see. It you know basically is what when you when you go there, so they're always very stunning to look for. Um, so when you go out there, what type of equipment are you shooting with?
1: I have a, a Nikon D7000 camera. I have the fisheye lens. I have a wide angle zoom lens. And then I have a uh, more of a 70 to 200 lens also, and a tripod. Very rarely do I use flash because you have a lot of problems, especially at nighttime when using an electronic flash, it reflects off all the scotch light and the reflective trim on the fire trucks. And bounces back and gives you a lot of ghosting. Some people use the flash. They're very good at it. I'm not. I like to use the tripod. Sometimes you have to use a slow speed and you get a little ghosting of the people. But I've, I've really enjoyed using the tripod. It makes me slow down a little bit. Occasionally, I'll turn on the video on the camera. I have a GoPro attached to the camera. Um, right now, we don't record video at the Hartford Fire Department on the scenes. Uh, we've been asked not to so if i go out to another fire somewhere else i'll turn on the video and get some clips that way
0: that's that's very good that's that's very interesting so i guess um you know do you carry a fallback camera with you or just the one body and and you swap lenses on the scene or how do you normally do that because you're running with a dslr
1: yeah i have just the one dslr and swap out lenses someday i'm gonna save up some money and buy a second body But I also have my second camera, which is the cell phone, which is very interesting. You can get get some really great shots with low light with the cell phone. And also, it's the immediate for posting those pictures on the Zello app, on Twitter, Facebook. And it's really neat to be out at 2 o'clock in the morning and do a little live video on Periscope or on Facebook or throw up a couple of pictures. It, It really gains some interest when people wake up in the morning and see there was a fire somewhere.
0: Very interesting. So you so you actually put it in live video up on, on Periscope too. So you're using a lot of apps. I mean, you have, I've counted here. You got you got the Zello. You've got Periscope. Then you've got your Facebook, your Instagram. Um, I think you said you had Twitter on there as well. Plus you have your websites. So you and your in your group's websites. So you got six or seven different avenues that you're distributing your photos through.
1: Yeah, and and when you go to my website, when you go to see the pictures, it's the pictures are all hosted on Flickr.
0: Flipper, okay.
1: No, so, Flickr. Oh, Flickr, like, Flickr, okay. So you're not
0: like, using anything um, that somebody can go to, like Shutter. Um, what's the other one they use that here? Yeah, Shutter. Um, yeah,
1: there's there's a bunch of them. There's Smug Mugs, Smug the Mug, Shutterfly, yes. all those. But I, I've used uh, Flickr for a long time now, and that that's a free website for, for hosting your pictures, and it's got a great community there. You can look at a lot of fire pictures on that.
0: Okay, so, so for somebody who's starting out or who has an interest in pursuing this part of, of the hobby, because right, this kind of ties in, first you start off with the scanner and you're listening to what's going on there and you're kind of you know, taking what you're listening to and, and, and going out there and, and associating the photography side to it, which is a huge hobby on its own. Um, for somebody who has basically just the radio and maybe their cell phone, what would be a good way for somebody to start? Do you recommend them getting a cheap body DSLR or can they go out there and just start, um, uh, putting a photo gallery together on Flickr or on their own website, just using what they have in their pocket right now?
1: You know, the old cliche, whatever camera camera you have with you is the best camera you got. Um, yeah, don't go out and spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a camera when you're first starting. Use whatever point-and-shoot camera you have, uh, whatever DSLR you might have. Don't buy an expensive one to start. Work into it. See if you really like it because it's a big commitment. Um, I started out 45 years ago with film cameras shooting slide film, and uh, I had two at that time, one with all black and white film in it and the other one with color slide film. So I've evolved a little bit. You know, I go on the digital route. You know, I had a cheap Kodak camera for a while when they first came out. And then I upgraded to that Nikon D7000, which is, uh, let's see here, six years old now. It's time to buy another body, and I'll just keep that for a spare. But just use whatever you got, and just go out and practice and take some pictures.
0: That's right. Practice makes perfect, and it doesn't have to be the fire photography that makes you practice. It could be anything that you know gets you to. Uh to pick up the camera and and start shooting. I know, um, as an amateur photographer myself, I mean, it's, it it was when I first got started, it was, you know, anything in the corner just to get used to the the dials and and getting out of program mode and into aperture priority or, or, you know, shutter priority and playing with the white balances. There's a lot that goes on. And and when you're excited and the adrenaline is pumping and you're at the fire scene that, you know, um, that's not the time to learn the camera for sure.
1: You know how many times when I was a lot younger, you open up the the, or start rewinding the role of film and realized it never hooked on the spool and you took 20 pictures and never, the film never advanced.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those moments where you can actually feel your heart sink into your feet, right?
1: Oh, or you didn't have the, the flash synced right or you had the wrong aperture and they all came out black. Oh, there was a lot of that in the early days. You know, digital photography for fire photography has really been a game changer and also the the ability to share it immediately. You know, before when you shot a roll of slide film, you'd have to wait a week, okay? Now you're taking a picture on your phone and you're sharing it with the whole world in seconds or you're looking at Flickr or, um, I take that back, I'm sorry, Periscope, you watch it while it happens. You're living from your computer now.
0: Yeah, it's it's amazing how much technology has uh, has made this whole thing it's a whole it's a whole nother animal now thanks to uh to to uh technology
1: yeah let's let's face it the computer and the cell phone have killed the fire buff so to speak you know there was people that would hang around firehouses just to be friends with the firemen they don't have to do that anymore because all this is being transmitted from the fire scene they don't have to go to the fires anymore they could just sit back in their lounge chair and watch it happen through somebody else
0: right right and again that 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 takes you right back to what you talked about in the beginning you know, if you want to draw you know build that personal relationship with the fire department and uh um it, it's good to go there and, and show your face and and be a body i mean they may ask you to volunteer you know and to join and and that wouldn't be a bad thing either so um you know it, it pays to to get there and and build that that trust in the and the uh that kind of relationship with them that's right excellent so um any other uh, items that you want to wisdom or, or anything like that, that through the years that you've gained uh, that you'd like to share with the audience?
1: Um, Like I said, go slow, practice, decide if you really want to do it and then go into it, you know, all in, you know, don't, don't be a pest, you know, learn, learn your place, so to speak, get to know the guys, see them, you know, outside of the fire scene, see them at the firehouse, uh, there's always fire buff groups to join. Some places uh, you can look at the uh, International Fire Buffs Association. Uh, that's ifba.org, I believe. They're a great group, and you can see where all of the groups are through the country. Uh, look around; you might find some other people on the fire scene and hook up with them and create your own group. And, you know, it's all about if you have an interest, and in, you know, your podcast here is all about scanner groups. And, you know, listening to scanners and stuff, maybe a bunch of guys that listen to the scanner want to get together and, you know, do a little tour of the fire department, the police department, and the ambulance and stuff. Get out there and, and do something.
0: Exactly. Good good advice. And then uh, before we go, is there uh, anything else that you'd like to um, put a plug in for or any other website, or your website again, or, or anything like that?
1: Well, just, you know, look at the Connecticut Fire Photographer's website, ctfirephoto.org. And you'll see all the guys there. Uh, like I said, we got 80 members. There's a lot of great pictures there. Look for us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Zello channels. It's a great thing. It's a great hobby.
0: Excellent. And your website, one more time, would be it's R E
1: S two three C U E dot net. Rescue twenty three with the twenty three in the middle net.
0: Excellent, Jim. Thank you so much for being on the uh, the podcast. Uh, hopefully, this. Uh has um you know brought some interest into the another part of the scanning hobby to somebody else who was uh, either looking at the fo- uh looking at photos already or had an interest or now may decide to um to take in something first hand and and uh, uh and maybe again too it may be somebody who's like you said never thought about going to a firehouse and actually building that relationship uh real quick too is there any other ways that somebody can build a relationship with the fire department you said before you know when they're out there doing their um you know the the washing of the trucks or having an event i mean what kind of events that are not rescue situations maybe could a photographer go to that would help them uh build a relationship with the fire department
1: well a lot of fire departments have parades you can go to the parades and meet the guys. Generally they congregate a little bit at the end. Um, there's other things where they have photo shoots, um, gatherings, musters. Um, you know, in the, the the big cities and career departments they have public displays, um, sometimes open houses. Look around and and you know, write the dates down and make it a point to go.
0: Excellent. Good advice. Jim, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch soon.
1: All right, Phil. Thank you very much for having me. And if, if anybody does want to contact me, they can do it through Facebook or the Twitter or whatever. Uh, I'm more than happy to answer more questions or go to the Scanner School Facebook page and meet me there.
0: Sounds good. Thank you. And the link for that would be ScannerSchool.com slash Facebook group. Jim, thank you so much again for uh, for being here today. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. All right. Hopefully, you guys weren't cringing too much at that interview with the, the questions that I was asking or how I sounded behind the mic. But again, I want to thank Jim for being a uh, my first guest on the Scanner School podcast. I really appreciate that. And I also want to open up the invitation to anybody else. If there's something that you enjoy doing with scanning, um, please, drop me a line. I would love to have you on a guest as a guest. Share your story. I'm sure other people would like to hear what you do with your Scanners too. Because again, this is, you know, it's scanner School. It's not just a, you know, me as a teaching you. Uh, it's one of those environments too where everybody can learn from everybody. So I invite you to, you know, raise your hand. Send me an email. Send me a, a tweet. Send me something on Facebook. And let me know that there's something out there that you would like to share with the rest of the Scanner School audience. Um, You know, are you a rail fan? Do you enjoy listening to marine, aviation? Uh, Whatever it is that you do with the scanner. I mean, it might just be something that, you know, police and fire, but if it's something unique that you do that uh, you think that the rest of the group would find interesting, please drop me a line. I have a couple of interviews lined up. I have a couple more that are already in the bag that will be... um, will be uh, releasing as as uh, the schedule permits, so to say. So again, if you want to be a special guest on the podcast, drop me a line, Twitter, Facebook, or my email address, phil, that's P-H-I-L, at scannerschool.com, or just go to the webpage of scannerschool.com and fill out the contact form. And while you're on the website, you can sign up for our email list. So, again, I want to thank you all for joining Scanner School. We teach you everything that there is to know about the scanner radio hobby. And, and again, I want to just uh, put this out there real quick that you can help support the Scanner School podcast by becoming a Patreon supporter. So, if you go to ScannerSchool.com slash... Patreon or ScannerSchool.com slash support, which is probably the easier one to remember. Again, ScannerSchool.com slash support. There'll be a link to our Patreon link where you can make a monthly pledge. You know, something as little as a dollar a month, that's all you feel comfortable with. But we do have special tiers. And the higher that you go with the tiers, which was, you know, the more that you pledge, the more benefits open up to you. So uh, like one of the benefits are you get the podcast earlier than the general public Uh, You get uh, special videos that are only available to the Patreon supporters. You would get, uh, uh, we have mugs and shirts and whatnot that we give out at a higher tier level. And then at the highest tier level we have, uh, uh, basically you have me on retainer where you can ask me questions uh, 30 minutes a month on uh, on anything you have related to uh, scanning so um, again if you don't want to give a a financial donation to scanner school you can always go to scanschool.com support we have affiliate products so if you're a big amazon shopper as i am you can use our amazon link and then make a purchase and we'll get credit for the for the sale that way as well so that's a great way if you're already going to shop on amazon it doesn't cost you anything to help support the scanner school podcast so with that I'm going to say 73. We will see you next week on Tuesday, unless you're a Patreon supporter. We'll see you earlier than that. Right, my name is Phil Lichtenberger. My amateur radio call sign is W2LAE. And again, thank you for joining the Scanner School Podcast, where we teach you everything that you need to know about the Scanner Radio hobby. Thanks for listening to the Scanner School Podcast. Be sure to visit www.scannerschool.com to access the show notes and bonus content.